Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. But it is Halloween. Samhain. That is the ancient, one of the ancient festivals. And tomorrow will be All Saints Day, which is, has long heritage. At any rate, the energies are working. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. This is Talk Cosmos, October 31st, 2020. And it is about the moon. And there's a lot to talk about. We are no longer uh, being repeated on Thursday mornings, which may or may not only matter to the people right here in Seattle and other places, but we are on Podcast One. And so glad to meet with you on a weekly basis. So tonight is time for the Moonbeam Team. Relating to the sun and moon's energies, including the planets and the entire cosmos for the month's systematic two-week intervals of the new moon and full moon, plus the annual four to five eclipses, this is your Moonbeam Team. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly, stories to poetry. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I'm Elizabeth Liz Machette, certified astrologer, sacred healing counselor, tarotist, and numerologist, providing individual consultations, teaching and tutoring internationally, co-author of Gateways to Change, Keys to Navigating the Seas of Life, currently facilitating workshops in Marysville and Camino Island, Washington. And I'm Sarah Stromley, a craniosacral therapist and founder of Brain Body Therapy in Kirkland, Washington. I'm an evolutionary astrologer that incorporates different forms of horary, location mapping, and medical astrology into my practice. I enjoy uncovering flower and mineral frequencies that also support the mind-body coherence that aid in the healing journey. And as Albert Einstein said, energy is never destroyed. Energy only changes. Yes, and the moon is one of those things. The moon in its 29-day cycle, and it's a little faster some days and a little slower. It's about 12 to 13 degrees a day. It's the fastest moving of our, as we call the planets, but it's really a luminary. It reflects light. And as I follow Gemini Brett as one of my great astrological mentors coming up with brilliant ideas, he refers to the idea that the moon is reflecting the sun's light. We know that. But the fact is, is that the moon is reflecting the sign of the sun's light. So today is a full moon. It is a Taurus moon. And the Taurus moon is reflecting Scorpionic light. It's a little bit of a twist to, ref- to consider 
But there is a depth of that. Like, and that's what we're going to talk about because that Tarian sense of self-reliance and strength is also how are we using those resources? It wants to think about something about the exchange of resources. So I will say that that's my primary thought as we each link into an idea. And Sarah, what would be an idea that looking at both full moon, new moon, anything that pops in your brain that you know, we should be remembering? Well, I, as I'm looking at this full moon in Taurus, and, and it is a Halloween new full yeah. moon. It's just so rare. I mean, it's, it's kind of cool. We um, haven't had one of these since 2001. And um, a, a blue moon for at least 76 years, I guess. Wow. And a blue moon is where there's a second full moon in a, the same month. So, but on Halloween, you're saying? Yeah. I see. It's been 76 yes. years since that's happened. But um, Taurus full, you know, Taurus moons love the comfort and sweetness and romance and, and that connection, that earthly connection with others. But this one is quite interesting as, as we're squaring off with all these fixed aspects, you know, that Taurus can be. Um, where there just seems to be a, an energy that's almost like an, a, a crackling electricity that's in the air mm. of well, the questions of how things are about to change. <gasps> Rocking the boat. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. That'll be one of our signature thoughts. And Liz, what would be your addition to this potpourri that we're all experiencing? Well, full moons, as you know, are a time to release and let go and clean out. And this one has a lot of change with it. And to make sure that you do it with love and kindness, patience, be flexible and adaptable and open-minded. It's a tall order. I like all of this. And that is really the intricacies we're dealing with, energies that are making us reflect back. And, you know, it's I often think we work with such a calendar in life. You know, businesses, everything is scheduled on so many levels, whether one has a, a job or not. There's meeting people. We all work with schedules. And we think, therefore, it's a matter of flipping forward in a page or back in a page in a quick scan. But these times of right now are asking us to have deep, deep resonance within. And, well, first of all, we are looking at this full moon, looking across at the sun in Scorpio. And, of course, Juno's in Scorpio, right, with it, of our alliances. And the deepness, I, on a personal level, am astonished at what I'm uncovering because when we talk about those suddennesses, the moon is right next to Uranus, the, 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 the planet of change, of the lightning bolts, and so of authenticity. And it's, it's really, uh, uh, I, and it, I don't know if it would shake up always. That's one of the ideas. But the other is it wants to get to the authentic values, right? Yeah, it wants things real. And especially with, with it in an earth sign. And we're all, you know, it, it 
Taurus covers, you know, covets keeping us in our comfort zone, which we are far from now. We're on the edge of our seats waiting for poll results. We're hearing the need for another quarantine. We're on a personal level longing for financial security and wonderful holidays and travel and shopping and creature comforts. And there's just this knowing that there's things that are going to change, but we, it's, it's unsettling, you know, it seems, it does seem really when I reflect on those thoughts that we often, some of those refer to our physical senses, which of course we're in a body and the senses are connected to our physical self because Taurus is ruled by Venus. They're both in that um, uh, scope of necessity. The physical is absolutely necessary. But I am realizing that also on a more deep esoteric sense that it is those sense of values. What is it that will make us feel comfortable? Liz? Yeah, that's so true. And this Taurus full moon has so many names. I've heard it called the Halloween blue moon, the hunter's moon, and the blood moon. The frost moon this time, yeah. And there's different definitions of what a blue moon is. The more modern one that came in the 1940s in the astronomy magazine suggested two full moons in a calendar month. But that's the more modern definition at this time. What would be the old one? Well, the old one was in a season. And a season is winter, spring, summer, or fall. Three, the, the, there's three full moons in each season. And so there would be four full moons in that season. So that would be the more traditional mm. blue moon. So that's like, that's the old definition. And it takes the moon 29 and a half days for the moon to go from full moon to full moon or new moon to new moon or any of the phases if you want to be at the same exact phase again. Yeah. Well, Despite the names and despite all of it, although there is an importance because I'm just thinking that when we think of changes, the changes that we're experiencing are related to, as we have talked about over and over because we have this cluster of planets in Capricorn, Jupiter is leaving in December, it's still in Capricorn and at 20 degrees. And Saturn is leaving in December after two and a half years. It's finally exiting to go into Aquarius. And, of course, that'll, all of these changing and sitting right between them is metamorphous Pluto that's still going to be there for several years. But the point is, is that that energy is being with a lot of tension um, with, well, Mars is a bit separated from it right now but it's still working mars is going to be applying more pressure between here and the new moon which is on november 14th on the west coast and the 15th on the east coast in preparing us and so with these retrogrades right now it just feels like getting authentic is like looking at how we've been conditioned you know, it's back to that theme of Capricorn. There's a great to have a structure. Our spine needs to have a body to hold on to. Even a jellyfish wouldn't work too well in this world. 
I mean, standing up, couldn't do it. But uh, how were we conditioned? I know I go way back to when I was a little kid. I suddenly realized, oh, I was trying to manage. And sure, maybe I could do a fine job and pat myself on the back. But rather than just succumb to those instant habits of, of reflexes, it's like, wait a minute. That, that was only me trying to apply myself in a world that perhaps I didn't quite feel so connected to. And now, realizing we have that self-worth to be really the identity and the energy that we feel in deep within us. Yes, and we can go back to when we planted the seed for this full moon um, there's two cycles to go back. There's a six-month cycle of April 22nd of this year was the new moon in Taurus. And then there's the bigger cycle that we would go back 18 months to May 4th of 2019 of what we had seeded and we're, you know, at the full moon now to see, you know, what do we want to do with that? Where is it going to go now? So May 4th, 2018, which 19, one? 19 was that would be 18 months back to the new moon in Taurus. But what about April 22nd? They're both new moons, right? And then, yeah. And then there, cause there's two different cycles and there's a six month one of when we had the new moon in Taurus cause we have the full moon in Taurus now. So we'd go right. back six, approximately six months. And that was on April 22nd. Um, you know, if people keep track of what they, their wishes are for the new moon or, um, you know, their desires or even what projects were you working on then? And or what you know, was how the world it... like? It was a little bit chaotic. So what about the 2019? Why two new moons, though? I'm a little confused. Well, because there's two different cycles. There's the one that you go back um, 18 months to when that's a bigger cycle and oh, the smaller cycle. Oh, got it. Like... That's right. Because six months and 18 is a year difference. I understand yes, it. So it's a, a cycle within a cycle. Now. Cycles okay. within cycles. That's right. Yes. Thank you. Very and, excellent. You know, for some people, there might be, they might have something prominent that was going on at that time. So now it's at the full moon phase. So it could be manifesting. They could have said, okay, I really don't want to pursue this any longer and moved on to something different. And sometimes really looking back, can because unless one keeps a diary, which... I have seen diaries which were pretty succinct because if you are laborious and writing, it's difficult to ascertain quickly, you know, what was the events. But just remembering on a social, large scale, six months is relatively easy. April 22nd, we were in the deep throes of shutting down all across the nation with some not-so-happy areas, but realizing the necessity of it and trying to adjust, wondering the extent of it now, six months later from that time, which had a lot to do about survival, because Taurus is absolutely about the strength and survival of our self, our resources. And agriculture and like where we're getting our Ooh, resources. Good point. So now there could be a new theme to that. That's right. Well, I know a lot of people that are moving and I, I wonder if six months ago that they were even planning on moving. Well, the notes were different. That's another thing. You know, that yeah. part of the cycle 
it was evident, but we were working more on a context of, and the nodes for people's reference are the cycles between the moon and the sun, and they uh, connect with the full moon or, well, that would be the eclipse. But at any rate, the nodes, it's an 18th month cycle itself. But the fact so is, is at that time we were all north node in cancer, being home. So our survival was so much related to our home, whereas now, away from business, which would be Capricorn, and now it's in Gemini. Those nodes go in reverse. Um, So now the north node is more in our community. And how are we functioning in that realm compared to our belief system of what we think it should be? Like we're revising what we think it should be. That's our south node. Makes sense. Absolutely. And a lot of us have shifted to connect with people through Zoom or those kind of platforms. And so it's like using the Gemini energy of communication. We had to find a new way to communicate. Yes. And it's so evident that the astounding thing is to experience on a global, and that's the broad term global, but at least socially in any area, like here in the United States and globally, or here in the city, whatever city, the commonality, because it becomes so deep. At least that's, you know, it, 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 in other words, when I think of communicating, it's not just which direction to go or how do I turn this on or why won't that work, these simple uh communicative approaches to really deep interactive um, systems of trying to get through uh, the polarities that we're at, for instance, that could be a great key. Yeah, Scorpio is very intense in that. That's one word to describe. Yeah, like where are we talking? How deep? (laughs) Yeah. How deep can you go? How deep is your love? <laughs> and one thing I find interesting is, you know, with this full moon, um, it's conjunct, you know, with Uranus, also the, the lot of fortune. So if we're connecting to something that we really value in a very personal and intimate way, that can be very fortuitous for us, this lunatation. That's that's good to remember because uh, Venus is our attractor. I mean, it has many ideas, but that's always one because love attracts, right? What we love on some capacity, how we feel about something, and it gives uh, abundance. Liz, I know you're there. See, tonight I will share that Sarah and I are in the studio again. This is so wonderful. And, but Liz... They do have the rules. So anyway, so I'm going to ask Liz, when you don't speak up, it's like, hello. (laughs) Well, I want to add to what Sarah was saying about the part of fortune, which is our lucky spot, so to speak. And um, the moon and Uranus all being so close to each other. It's like if we roll with the changes, so to speak, and don't resist, the changes that we're going to make will probably work out better than maybe we can anticipate. 
That is beautiful because when I look at this chart, for those that don't see it, Uranus and the moon are only two degrees apart. Now, two minutes, two minutes, two minutes. There's the exact same degree, eight degrees, and there's 60 minutes in a 60 minutes or seconds in a help me here. I'm getting 60 seconds in a minute. Yeah, Yeah. 60 seconds in a minute. Okay. And so another one's one is 17 and the other is. It's tight. Yeah, it's 41 41 and and 38. Yeah, thank you. So, I mean, I'm just astonished. I'm in shock. And that's another thing about Iranis. It's shocking. It's so sudden. (laughs) I'm thinking, my gosh, they're Kazemi. So when you say just what you said, Liz, there is real truth possibility like open up be alive and just receptive of something that's going to really like lightning bolt shower you with some kind of awareness now hopefully it's something that you can integrate in the pacific northwest it's in the seventh house of relationships too or partnerships or how we partner or connect with our business it can mean a lot of those things. So um, that yeah, just adds another layer to it if you're in the Seattle area or in the Pacific Northwest. Well, it, it, wherever, which you both brought up was a part of fortune. So yeah. wherever you are. You could meet somebody lucky or you can connect somehow with Somehow there's an avenue of not even, and if I might say, rather than even contextualizing what, I think when one receives, just being prepared to be open, yeah, then you can see what does come your way. Yeah, just see what drops in. Yeah. And if you're not needing to have a, f- a form and structure to it, it exactly. could be much more obvious if you're not, if you're more, if you widen your lens. Yeah, because, yes, indeed. And Mercury, the planet of communication, is still retrograde, and it's making a square to Saturn, Jupiter, and Pluto, which is a square is an an adjustment. So it's time to finish up some things that we have been redoing, reworking, restoring, and get ready to move forward with our new and updated vision or desire. And really, I think to find meaningfulness. I'm glad you said that because I was looking and thinking of the word meaningfulness wondering, how am I going to tie that in? But, you know, it is a very new world we're all living in, and regardless of age. And I was just talking with a a family member about some of the differences in the business world that he kept. He's retired now and talking to managers that had worked their way up and trying to relate to a younger crew of people. And I thought, well, it's not just the world itself has changed so greatly. And I think this idea of the nodes right now, looking at our south node in Sagittarius has meaningfulness. I mean, that's why we have our belief systems. They bring us meaning. And linking in to some kind of a connection to our purpose and to those structures, like you're saying, with the, the mental aspects that we're looking at, um, because it is in Libra, it's wanting to find some balance and comparison and harmony, ideally. 
but looking within the structures, and it's going to find something to change because that's where those three big planets are looking for is renewed visionary thinking. I mean, when I say renewed visionary thinking, well, the, that is partly Uranus, of course, with the moon. But the point is, is that They both are talking to Venus, and Venus is, it, it all connects, right? I mean, I could explain why. Yes, all the planets connect. Mm -hmm. And then the Mercury will station direct. So on Tuesday, November 3rd at 9.50 in the morning here at Pacific Standard Time and 12.50 p.m. at Eastern Standard Time. So if we've had communication problems, they'll probably start clearing up by then or around that time. That'll be a very welcomed. And of course, it's stationary for a while. So it sets there. And really, I think, how would you express that when it just really is a stationary, it's penetrating? Yes, wouldn't you say? Yes, but it, it helps it, it move. It's going to change. So it's when Mercury's retrograde, we've been re working on redoing things, maybe, you know, reviewing. Um, maybe there's some miscommunication. So if you maybe had some miscommunication, maybe after the third, maybe a couple of days after would be a time to like contact somebody and say, well, did I really understand this right? Because maybe there was miscommunication and it was a misunderstanding. Well, yes, yes. But what I, what I was thinking is, is that it gives us pause to really stop and think deeply about that too. Of course, it isn't in Libra, but the reason I say that is because sometimes Mercury, Mercury because it is flexible and, and mercurial, it is the Mercury, it can jump, you know, because it connects things. But when it's stationary, there's going to be a little pause. And I, and I suppose looking at that more astrologically, it stays at that degree. That's my, what I'm really getting at for some time. So it's going to remain in late, uh, Gemini, not Gemini, late, um, tw it's right now it's at 26 degrees. So it will, if you have late planets, cardinal, it will, it will focus there for some time on that issue. I think that's what I'm really wanting to express. Be and, and with that square to, to Saturn. So we're really going to be contemplating our structures and as you say, we'll begin to move them, but we won't let go of it. It'll be like a focus, I would say. Yes, that sounds good. <laughs> okay. And the the star Spica rises today from the underworld. So Spica is the brightest star of the priestess constellation will rise from the underworld, reemerging as a morning star. Now at 24 degrees Libra, Spica is the most sacred star of the feminine or mother goddess. And she was conjunct the last new moon in Libra. That's, yeah. you know, there's quite a few morning stars. I mean, we call them all stars, but Spica really is a star out there. She emits light because uh, Venus is rising, and I think Mercury is coming up as a morning star now. Well, wonderful, Liz. Thank you. I yeah, am with Liz well. Mouchette and Sarah Stromley. This is Halloween here October 31st and we'll be right back with the Moonbeam team.
While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Scorpio, traditionally ruled by Mars, now ruled by Pluto. By departing a cycle based on comparison between extreme energies finding balance, Scorpio commits a relationship to exchange resources, experiencing power and powerlessness for the purpose of soul growth transformation. As a fixed water sign that is extreme, intense, and secretively deep, Scorpio's passionate nature questions the psychology and mystery concerning life and death. Hi, this is Dan Cusel, Jungian psychotherapist and astrologer, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, where we explore the connections between the movements of the planets and the evolution of consciousness. On the path to good health and well-being, Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you. Hello again. This is Moonbeam Team, Talk Cosmos, October 31st. Samhain, the great festival of the ancient times that was at the darkest time, knowing that light would come and that the roots were growing. And so it is the full moon in Taurus that we've been talking about, of growth of that deep sense of, you could say, the roots going into the soil. It is an earth sign waiting to, or not just waiting, but of the growth process for the self. But now we also have the new moon in Scorpio, which will be on November 14th here on the West Coast Pacific time, which is at 9, 7 p.m. And on the East Coast on the 15th in the wee morning at just after midnight, seven minutes after midnight. And so those, it is a dark time of the sky. And of course, the beauty of that is you can see the sky. It's a splendid moment. And the ancients must have taken great solace in that, which we still do. But but we do have like toxicity, I must say. And it's not as always simple to see those great stars. And you were speaking of Spica as S-P-I-K-A for our folks. The great benevolent star at 23 degrees or 24 actually bounded off of Libra and that the navigators would use uh, going across the ocean and all that. So when you said it was rising that's interesting because right now of course she's the moon and sun on the 14th will be 23 degrees, 17 seconds, minutes rather, of uh, Scorpio. Yes, I could barely hear you, but now I can hear you better. Oh, can can you raise Liz up? <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, um, oh, very good. Okay, for thank you for letting me know, Liz. Yeah. You're welcome. So in this chart, I think the amazing factor is because we were so concentrated on this outer planet, Uranus, which is beyond the Awakener, just beyond Saturn, which used to be, who was saying, like the skin, I think Brett was saying, Gemini Brett, the skin of the solar system until 1776 when it was discovered by accident, thinking it was a comet at that time the Herschel brother and sister. So 
The point is, is that now Uranus is opposing, which is the higher realm of Mercury, opposing Mercury, whereas before it was attached to the moon, but the moon has since moved away and is now with the sun. So really this awareness of thinking of our deep inner self, Yes, and maybe people are receiving messages or getting information or help from somebody to move forward with their lives. And you're speaking to what's coming up in two weeks, September or November 14th. Is that what you're yes. referring to? Okay, so we're, oh. we've moved to the the new moon. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. We're just Scorpio. well, we're in, integrating them both. But yeah. I think this authenticity that we have with our our emotional stuff right now as we're speaking on the 31st is moving towards a cerebral thinking. Um, Well, and speaking of Uranus, um, this week, if you had clear skies and you knew where to look, you can see Uranus with your naked eye. It's been too cloudy where I've been at at night, but I've been looking, but I can't see it. Well, the, it's a little difficult, though, I understand, with a full moon. That's the problem. If it were a new moon, like last year, I happened to be in Mexico. We were trying to look for it, and it was not too simple. It was a little bit, I, I still think I kind of saw it, <laughs> very dim out there. But that would be wonderful. And this is the time of year, it's true, where one could see it. Yes, and that's always fun to see the stars and the planets with your naked eye. I I think I enjoy that. And it's becoming increasingly important in astrology to get it off the page into the experience of life. Because really, I think that's part of this whole story of Uranus in Taurus is it's getting into the body. It's bringing the sky into the body. It's coming to earth. And Scorpio is intimacy. You know, we're, it's, it's where it's, it, well, it's it's interesting because Uranus is also sort of up with Aquarius as a central ruler that, that it rules or guides. It's detached. But still, the energy now wants to be connected, intimate. Yes, and that sounds really good. <laughs> it does. Because then it, it you, you know how you feel about something. And Taurus is also feeling. No, it's not the emotions. That's more cancer. It's the story with the feelings. But it's a nonverbal sign. So right now, well. Are we going to go on to the Scorpio new moon? Oh, yeah, we are. We already are. I am. Maybe you didn't hear me. Yes, Liz, we're talking about that. Sorry about that. Yes, we're talking about the 14th. I had just announced that. That it's mm-hmm. on the 14th here on the West Coast, and that it is at, once again, 740, um, no, I had that wrong. 9, 9.07. 9.07 p.m. on the West Coast, and on the 15th, it's just after midnight. Yep. I know you're not right here in the studio with us. You're a little bit of a distance, sort of like yes. that far away Uranus <laughs> across the horoscope. <laughs> yeah. Across the internet lines. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, that does rule so much Uranus. No, we were just to recap, we were, I was bringing up the point that Uranus in, in two weeks, instead of being with us right attached at the same Kazemi moment of our emotions, 
the moon is going to shift to connecting immediately with the new moon, as it always does at the same degree, 23 degrees Scorpio in this case. And Uranus is going to be directly across from Mercury. So we will have gone from authenticity with our emotions to uh, just a quick pinpoint to mm-hmm. with suddenness and shock and, and all the innovation and everything that Uranus translates and and connecting intimately with the I mean with the senses to this position where it's looking across at Mercury and Mercury, you know, is they're octaves of each other, as we call it in astrology, you know, the they're both air signs. I'm not air, but they're mental. You know, Mercury is Yes, yes. Yeah. And technical. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so in other words, Uranus will be observing, looking across and so will Mercury be looking at intellectualizing this authenticity. Yeah. Well, and new moons are about growing and sowing seeds and new beginnings. And it's a, a good time to make new moon wishes and desires. Um, I recommend that you write them down, say them out loud. You can make up to 10 wishes. Um, light a candle if you desire. Meditate. Um, this new moon's a, a good time to forgive yourself and others, work on self-discipline, healing deep, deep wounds, transformation, letting go of old baggage. Wounds. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, um, Scorpio loves transformation, a deep, deep transformation. And, and it's, it's one of those signs that grapples with what's occulted. And occulted means outside of view or outside of the senses. It's it's hidden, but it's it's like having you know kind of working your way when you're blindfolded, or if you are trying to find the source of a sound. If your if your ears are if you're incapacitated in some way, it's like you're you're finding your way. Um, and finding those objects through your own internal sonar, radar, um, intuition is a big word for, um, and psychic senses that comes with Scorpio. And in this new moon, there's a lot of Scorpio energy, and Scorpio um, can also be quite feisty um, and not one to scrap with. Um, The planet Mars is in Aries, still um and that tough challenging wanting to challenge authority um square with all the standoff of capricorn um and mars is the co-ruler of scorpio it's on the midheaven in the pacific northwest and it's also quincunx vulcan which um is the planet of blacksmithing weapons or tools or whatever so i think there's um, a bit of refinement of creating sharp weapons, so to speak. Well, so um, words or communication can be a little bit more mean-spirited. Um, fighting for one's principles if could be considered fun. <laughs> um, but, uh, and because Black Mood Millet is also with that Uranus that's opposing Mercury. So um, just keep in mind, fighting dirty can be especially messy right now. 
Um, well, that will be like we're talking about on the 14th in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, we're evolving. So, it's a, I don't know about evolving. So the energy is just, yeah, the energy is better utilized and channeled for deep transformational healing work, fighting the internal demons and saboteurs, which starts with numero uno, <laughs> you <laughs> or ourselves, and uh, before projecting demons on others. Well, um, it, it is excellent points because... Everything isn't froth. There's, the, you know, even in the water, the dirt comes up. You know, we have to let it sift down and, and look at it because Mars is still in Aries that is for the self-initiation. I mean, just to go back to some of these energies where they're aligned in Chiron, the wounded healer, the shaman, the alchemist, the god that was wounded it's there's a whole story of chiron and the only way that he could heal himself ultimately although he was a sage teacher to all the gods of music and arts and herbs and everything he was revered but he had to die it was the the final death of mortality it has in a sense perhaps why the lilies on the soil actually the flowers decay and there's this compost this recycling of energies that that occurs you know the hermetic as above so below and vice versa so yeah the wounds the wounds are our identity and there it's a deep process you know it's like finding that that sculpture in the stone you got to keep chipping away michelangelo didn't make david in a day <laughs> <laughs> right well, and then this new moon starts a new cycle, um, a three-year cycle. So we just finished up a three-year cycle from November of 2017. And I know for me, I had just um, been evacuated out of Puerto Rico from the hurricanes. So I can kind of look back quickly in my mind and know what was going on for me. And then we can also go back to one year ago in 2019 in November when the um, new moon in Scorpio was. That's potent. When you yes. speak November 2017, now that would be three years ago, like a full cycle from this new moon that we're talking about in Scorpio that wants your ultimate transforming growth to shed what isn't working and supporting you for resources and and align or to get the new skin. It's a long process, and one begins to see it like this in a three-year cycle, because that was before Talk Cosmos, and I was in this intermediary process of thinking at one time, I'll never talk again. Well, look at me now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to know what to talk about, you know? I think really when I realize it. And, and Sarah, I mean, I could go on, but Sarah, have you got something that's triggered from 2017? If not, maybe a year ago? Just as far as cycles, like a depth that's Yeah, I've been having some flashes of insight that I've been getting. It's been interesting seeing how things I'm grappling with um, are related to things I was grappling with back, back then. And they've so, yeah. taken on a new dimension, though, yes? I yes. Mean, yeah. It's like I I'm, think it's coming up for healing. I, I really think it is. So um, 
just having that awareness there really helps. And for our audience's sake, we will say that the Moonbeam team, which is a monthly scheduled occurrence on Talk Cosmos, will be continuing this reflection of going back. So we'll get a little bit stronger about this and a little more prepared. And perhaps all of us, as we listen, can begin to take note and think also, because it is the layers of life that that form anything. You know, when you think of the pressurized diamond, the great diamond, it was through layers and layers of decayed dinosaurs, I think. <laughs> a lot of pressure, carbon. But, you know, it's just one idea. Yeah, the pressure in the earth, the underground, the underworld. Yeah. Um, this new moon has sun and moon making harmonious contacts with um, the planet Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto, and Neptune. So um, that's kind of a change from all the squares, which are adjustments or the oppositions. So this is kind of, it's like things are starting to shift a little bit. This is excellent. Excellent to bring up, Liz, because it does show that the, the phases, or we might say just like a child, it's going through early uh, early years from birth until five. And then, of course, as we know throughout life, it's so immediate, though. You can see it within a few weeks, whether you're a parent or whether you're an aunt or an uncle or just a friend of some little person. Um, but here, too, in other words, that stress factor that we might, that we're experiencing now before the retrogrades are over and, bef- and with some of these tension-oriented squares, such as we brought up, uh, Mercury squaring those three big planets, Saturn, Jupiter, and Pluto, along with Pallas Athene. Um, now they're in a supportive, like you say, a connecting basis. So whatever we're working through, there is a light, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Yes, and then Mars will station direct in direct motion on November 13th. And after a few days, it starts picking up speed. So when it does go back to square all those planets, it will be kind of, it feels like it's going to be a quick energy and quickly pass. Oh, my goodness. You know, that's one that I can't really anticipate. It's one that experience seems to be the mantra. (laughs) Would you agree? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And I'm sure everybody here can. It's. It's like being in a river of rapids. And yet, rather than... Oh, there is a gift in talking because suddenly it, it seems to be mitigated a little bit because I'm, rather than just the self, uh, fearfully wondering if we're going to make it through the rapids, it's, it's helpful. And that's why I'm thinking we have this north node in Gemini that wants to communicate... And I'm also looking at the fact that Neptune, throughout all of this, is in its, what we call a T-square, to the nodes. In other words, the nodes are opposite each other, south node, north node, south node in Sag, north node in Gemini. And Neptune stays in a sign for 13 years. No, long, is it 13? Yeah, long time. Or is it? Well, and I think that it's just asking us. To have a new dream, a new vision, you know, to recreate. 
with um, Neptune square the nodes. I love it. Yes, <laughs> that's right. And again, going back to Brett, Gemini Brett, that reminds me, he said that, because he was listening to other people too, you know, there's all this communication. Where do you first hear it? But, and you're bringing it up, Liz. And that is, is that people are awakened, but perhaps we need to remember to dream. It's that other side of the coin to really have that imagination. And Neptune also, again, I'll, paraf- I'll repeat what I've heard that um, Rick Levine was a Northwest astrologer, international astrologer, says that Jupiter is the visionary or the inside Saturn and Neptune outside Saturn where we can imagine and dream unlimited. So yes, that is excellent. We need to really re-dream our desires of intention and truth and authenticity. Not a tongue twister, but authenticity. Yes. And then the number for the new moon is 23 Scorpio. So the number 23, the two and the three add up to a five. And the number five is about change. And I think, you know, we're this year has been a lot of change and we still have some more change, but it's like really helping us to shift. And you know what? I This is OK. I just was looking through all my newspaper clippings. I'm a newspaper holic of clippings and it was painful but I got rid of most of them but one of them leaped out of me as a title and that was is that coins were difficult to come by and that's change right but yes. <laughs> I mean I've well, we got a lot of change <laughs> it's like how do you want your change well maybe not in quarters too big yeah, sometimes different times going to the store you know they'd ask for exact change or to charge on your credit card instead because the stores were having trouble getting change now if we look at taurus in or uranus in taurus taurus is also about the financial it's our resources it's our survival it is our exchange mechanism and and uranus can be sudden changes it can be without you know it can be insights you know there's many dimensions of all these energies but i wonder it is an interesting thought where um, on the monetary basis yes there hasn't been much go ahead in taurus the changes aren't going to be as fast or as rapid as if uranus was visiting the sign of aries per se um so yes so still be change but uh taurus like kind of holds on a little bit or anchors in a little bit to make sure that they want that change. Absolutely. It's like the earthquake. It's not always a pretty affair. Right. And sometimes it's better to take time to do something than just to do it really super fast, even though one's not better than the other. Well, it is true that yes. And that's why we're having all these conversations, hopefully to, to remind all of us to to internalize, to remember to have that communication with oneself, to readjust, and because they're mutable signs, both Gemini, Neptune, you know, with the Pisces and the and Sagittarius of the axis, because there are these energies where it's cardinal going action and then fixed, which is like Taurus is one, and then mutable. So if we can 
use these other energies to refocus our deep intentions then and alignments and and let and release like that boy it's, it's you know it's an amazing thing how we actually can let go of something it, it's easy it's once it happens it's gorgeous but boy it can sure take time yes sarah oh i was just going to mention one of the essences that was oh, yes. really pulling for me um and was uh it's called connect connect and it's been used as an indian herb for you smoke an, it like, yeah um the reason it was pulling for me i think is because it was just saying to me very clearly too much toxic buildup debilitates the heart and connect connect also known as herba ursi is an herb used to kickstart the kidneys so detoxification detoxification and retention water retention gets unblocked so the kidneys rule our sense of relationships with others and also it manages the adrenal fight or flight syndrome so i believe this flower essence um, is supporting pushing out stagnant energies that keep us locked in cycles that hurt our heart and our core vitality that is very connected to the Scorpio energy. That's really looking to purge what isn't any functioning, any resource, any sense of growth. And it all relates to our identity. It all relates to our resources and our strengths. And, and, and it is a, uncomfortable sometimes and so important to do. It's like you got to clean the house sometimes, right? But yeah. deep cleans, deep, deep. And this also reminds me that next week we have Cosmic Collaboration. And our talk then will be considering the two ruling guides or guiding energies, as I like to put it, uh, dispositories of Scorpio, which in modern astrology is Pluto and in traditional astrology is Mars. What's the difference? How are they both working to have our metamorphosis of Scorpio? So that'll be really in tune with this idea that uh, deep talk, you know, toxins releasing. Yeah. Yeah. And Scorpio rules the all organs of elimination. So that could be through the urinary tract, through the skin, through the. I mean, Ooh. Thanks, Sue. It was a pleasure. And we'll be back next month on November 28th. Yeah, we will be. Now, we still have about a half minute just because the music comes in. We can kind of sign our ways off and play into this great sound, sing our little song. And because there is a renewed life, like we say, it's time to think of those wishes, those really deep ways of how to talk to yourself, how to look at our conditioning, how to get to that authentic mentality, the deep heart you too brought in there Sarah so thank you this is with Sarah Stromley and Liz Mouchette and myself Sue Rose Minahan because it's the Moonbeam team on Halloween Samhain that's S-A-M-H-A-I-N did I say that right? and yeah happy All Saints Day oh and All Saints Day yes the energies that renew yes we are all so connected and we are glad to connect with all of you Looking forward to more of it. Thank you. Good night. Thank 
you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.